This week on the Tech on Tap podcast, we talk with Intel's Bill Giard about the future of enterprise cloud with Intel Optane Persistent Memory. Welcome to the Tech on Tap podcast with Justin Parisi. I love NetApp. Oh, yeah. NetApp. I love this company. Zipor. Zipor. I love NetApp because it's so funny. <laughs> Hello and welcome to the Tech on Tap podcast. My name is Justin Parisi. I'm in the studio here. With me today is uh, none other than Chris Gebhardt. Hi. Hey, Justin. How are you? Good. How are you doing? Fantastic. What are you, what are you doing these days again? I'm uh, doing a little Max Data. A little Max Data? What is that Max Data anyway? Uh, it's, a, it's a software product that uh, helps our customers reduce the latency and improve the performance of their applications. So it's not a cache? It's not a cache. It's a tiered <laughs> file system. We leverage Intel Optane DC persistent memory as well as other storage to uh, improve application response time. Well, it's interesting that you mentioned Intel persistent memory because we have uh, we have someone from Intel here today. Uh, hi, Bill. Hey, how are you? Good. How are you doing? So, Bill, if you could introduce yourself to our audience and tell us what you do at Intel and how to reach you. Uh, sure. So Bill Girard, CTO of our overall enterprise um, and government business within the data center group. Uh, so I focus on uh, cloud product architectures. You can reach me at, uh, at Bill Girard um, uh, on Twitter or you know, William.Girard at Intel.com is my email. So Bill, you've been at Intel a, a long time. Uh, how, how long is that now? Uh, over 20 years, probably older and longer than I should talk about. But uh, we've seen the enterprise landscapes change quite a bit, um, enterprise IT and then our data center product group. So um, largely focused on how to help our enterprise and, and cloud partners really uh, address their needs. So. Do you predate Intel Inside? <laughs> I do not predate Intel Inside. <laughs> Although okay. that would be a good thing if I could say that on my card at Subway, right? Yeah. <laughs> that would be awesome. Uh, and, and Chris, uh, if we wanted to reach you in social media, how do we do that? Uh, Chris Geb, or at Chris Geb, is the easiest way. All right, excellent. So Bill's here to talk about what Intel is going to be up to at VMworld, as well as um, just in general how Intel and, and NetApp are working together to bring more efficient uh, usage of storage and more efficient performance for storage. Uh, so, Bill, what are you guys up to? Well, it's all about, you know, responding and delivering, you know, more memory capacity and more storage performance, right? Um, we, we long ago uh, identified the fact that, you know, to pursue Moore's law, we've got to bring it beyond the, the silicon transistor improvements on the CPU and bring that down to really what's happening in growth and storage and bringing that to um, our customers at hybrid cloud, uh, private cloud, you know, public deployments at the edge. And so um, we're really announcing, uh, you know, lots of effort and progress on addressing that larger system landscape problem. And when you're saying storage, you're, you're not really talking traditional storage as we in the, in the storage industry have been speaking about it, right? You're talking about newer technologies such as 3D Crosspoint and Intel Optane DC persistent memory that are now capable of storing data next to the CPU for the optimal performance, right? Yeah, that's exactly right. I mean, you know, we got to bring, you know, that data closer to, you know, the compute power, right? You know, closer to the processor, um, you know, using 3D Crosspoint and our data center persistent memory DIMMs, uh, adding that as cache architectures, and really just fundamentally uh, making sure that we're getting access to the rapid growth of data that's happening everywhere. So as far as um, the things that you're working on at, for VMworld, you know, what sort of 
stuff is Intel going to be doing for that? Well, we're, tr- we're bringing, um, you know, lots of work with vSphere and ESXi, making sure that um, that data center persistent memory is available to address kind of, you know, the, the memory capacity, right, and the, and the data needs, um, you know, to the virtual servers. Uh, we're doing a lot of work with, you know, optimizing, um, you know, network and NSXi and, and how are we uh, improving capabilities with, um, you know, VMware's PKS, their Kubernetes containers environment, um, and really enabling, um, you know, new levels of performance and security just, you know, kind of across the board and, and where our VMware customers are, are deploying, right, you know, going beyond their VMware in their data center and bringing VMware to, you know, their edge and hybrid cloud deployments. And, and really, um, that's a lot of our focus. So you've mentioned uh, edge to core to cloud uh, as part of this. Um, so if you could tell us what that means at a high level for people. And also make sure that you, you know, and speak of how does this really pertain to Intel as we, you know, we know Intel is the CPU manufacturer for all three, right? Yep. You know, I, and, and you being a part of that data center group, um, how how is this really, you know, going beyond just the CPU? Because I know you guys do a lot more business. Um, you're more than a CPU company, right? We are definitely more than a CPU company. You know, we we bring uh, storage and CPU and um, you know accelerator technologies, but also you know a deep level of software optimizations. And and really, as we look at you know, hey, not only do we continue to improve our, our processing and our Xeon uh, technology capabilities, um, but also making sure that um, we're optimizing and, and optimizing analytic solutions for. Uh, capabilities for inferencing at the edge, right? For training in large-scale, uh, you know, uh, database and solutions um, within the data center, and then you know, network integration and network optimizations as data gets moved from, uh, you know, the point of creation to to where it gets consumed in the enterprise um, or our, our broader ecosystem customers. And so when we talk about you know, really our holistic edge to core to cloud, um, we really talk about how do we capture. Um, the data where it's created at the edge, whether it's retail or manufacturing or just, you know, every day-to-day, um, you know, video surveillance and, and security capabilities that our, our customers may need. But then also um, making sure we're synthesizing and processing that data, right? It may be assisted, you know, training or, or inferencing at the edge and then training in the data center. Um, and then storing that, compressing it, making sure we're, we're bringing our our encryption and, and uh, protection technologies at the network layer, as well as the, the storage and memory access layers, and and making sure that we're helping our customers solve the holistic problem. You know, many of our customers tell us, "Hey, not only are we you know needing more capabilities, um, you know, on our servers, but we need." that capability extended to, you know, just a variety of locations and working with VMware to bring, you know, those smaller cloud environments integrated with, with larger, larger cloud capabilities is very important. So how is uh, Intel ha- helping people get from the edge to core to cloud? I mean, you're accelerating things on the servers themselves with, with the persistent memory, but how are you going in between? That's a good question. So, um, you know, we, we definitely, you know, start with, you know, storing, you know, uh, receiving the data, storing the data, and then processing it at the edge so that you can sell, you know, either send um, things over the network. But there's also a lot of work that we do to, um, you know, at the network, as separate, certainly the software-defined networking layer, right, with VMware, um, both NSXT and NSXV is really just making sure that we deploy and integrate either FPGAs or smart NICs, right, into that network traffic. Um, we have secure communication from, you know, the edge server to the data center for those that aren't 
um, necessarily um, hardwired, connected internet. You've got, you know, wireless, um, you know, 5G um, focus on what we're doing on a number of, of network uh, optimizations just from uh, point of creation to point of send. And so, um, you know, that spans, you know, what's happening from traditional networking equipments, right, to converged networking with integrated firewall protection to um, optimized packet, um, you know, inspection and packet forwarding capabilities for very low latency transactions or even high bandwidth uh, data movement. So um, the point around, hey, not only do you store and capture and process, but you've also got to make sure you're optimizing the network layers um, because it's, you know, more and more so a, a distributed um, architecture that needs to integrate well together um, and make sure the end customer can manage that consistently. Um, that's a lot of the work that we do with VMware around, you know, distributed network um, policies and integrated firewalling um, and then, you know, performance at just all levels of the system and, and distributed, uh, you know, cloud environment. So, Chris, where does Max Data fit into that equation there? Right. So, I think it can fit in, in a lot of different places, right? When we are talking about ingestion of data from sensor data or from videos and things like that, you know, uh, Intel Optane, uh, persistent memory, there's a, a finite capacity that any given server can can hold, right? Based on what Intel's been manufacturing, the 128 gig DIMMs um, in a two-socket system, you can put 12 DIMMs. That gives you 1.5 terabytes of usable Optane. However, data sets and ingestion rates are, uh, you know, for different applications, potentially, uh, you know, very different, and they can exceed that of the memory tier, right? So with Max Data, we can create a file system that spans um, the, you know, the memory tier and a, and a storage tier to be able to go beyond that of the physical hardware that's available in a single server today, and be able to then add data protection to those uh, to the file system and be able to replicate those file systems and uh, mirror the file system so that if you have a server failure, for example, we can have an RPO zero type of environment. So, uh, you know, while Bill and I haven't sat down and, and thought about the architecture for his particular um, DCG solutions, right, there are uh, so many use cases that um, that Optane and, and Max Data can can help with, you know, whether it is data, you know, data center proper or edge to, you know, core to cloud, cloud to core, um, you know, multiple different ways that it can be used uh, to help, you know, solve the the the, the data um, ingestion, the you know, uh, the data capacity and size versus what's available in the in the physical, um, you know, memory tier. And so I, I think there's a lot of opportunity, really, um, for us to work together, uh, you know, going forward to build these solutions, you know, Intel Select solutions for different types of environments um, that will help our customers, you know, get better performance from their applications. So that replication piece, can that be replicated from edge to cloud or edge to, to core? I mean, can that be replicated between data centers like that? Absolutely. So, you know, NetApp has, you know, the, you probably talked a little bit about it in the past, the concept of this data fabric, right? Tell me more. Yeah. Well, we have the, you know, we have technologies that enable us to move data between different tiers of storage, between different uh, sites, whether it be, you know, edge to cloud to core type of uh, environments. Um uh, fairly seamlessly and very uh, in in a very um, you know efficient manner, and so um, you know that really 
you know, can support what Intel's trying to do in, in, you know, data is really part of the, probably the heaviest part of any infrastructure and any cloud to edge to core strategy, um, you know, edge to cloud to core, pardon me, um, strategy is that data mobility and movement. And how do you make that as seamless as possible um, to the application, to the administrator, right? And make it cost effective with compression and, and, you know, things that Bill had talked about earlier. Yeah, and I think the the approach that um, you use with Max Data with with you know really you know what, one of the challenges our enterprise users have is how do you gain that and respond to those performance levels without having to rewrite your applications right um, and being able to give you that you know lower latency performance for larger memory pools in memory right yeah um, and be able to access that uh, holistically without having to fundamentally redesign the way you know that you're processing and 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 processing the data from a transactional perspective, I think, you know, really becomes key for, you know, um, capturing uh, and responding to the, you know, the need and the growth of the uh, capabilities. Because I think not having to rewrite your application and not having to do that, you can certainly do finer tunes of that. But that's really where you start to say, hey, this can become real. It become, you know, uh, immediate capabilities that we can deploy to respond to those different things from the edge to the uh, cloud to core capabilities. Were you reading my notes? You took that right out of my notes, didn't you? Yeah, that is, the that is I think, one of the most important things, right, is that you can use Optane today when using Max Data. You don't have to wait for the, the application vendor to rewrite it to be able to take advantage of it. You can install Max Data on your on your on your Linux server, you can install Optane with your Cascade Lake processors and and be able to take advantage of the performance of Optane you know, without having to wait for those vendors to rewrite their apps, for you to have to rewrite your applications, um, it's something you can do today. So that's that's really powerful um, in helping the customers realize uh, the benefits of Optane. Yeah. So with with Max Data, I mean, and and this whole edge to core to cloud thing, there's two levels of data movement going on here, right? It's going to be your regular normal data sets that you can use with the data fabric, but also the max data persistent memory piece where you can replicate that for disaster recovery and RTO, right? Sure. So, you know, Optane or any resource in a server isn't redundant, right? And so, you know, you can make disks redundant and use RAID and things like that. Um, Optane and, and memory, right? If the server fails, the server fails, right? So how do we make sure we protect against failure? Well, there's two things we could do. First, you can take a snapshot of that and replicate that snapshot of the data to a different location, right? Just standard DR type of practices. Well, in a, in a more advanced environment where you need a RPO of zero, where you every transaction going to that server is backed up, we can use something called Max Recovery. You install Max, uh, you install, excuse me, Optane in a recovery server, and you can replicate up to four Max data servers to that Max Recovery server so that every single transaction that is going to the memory tier of the, of the server is being mirrored to the server, um, the Max Recovery server. And that only adds a couple of microseconds of additional latency to the overall uh, performance of the file system. So, you know, you know, data fabric being able to replicate via SnapMirror, which is our replication uh, protocol, or via our Max Recovery for our PO0 type of transaction mirroring uh, from one server to another is how you get that. Can those Max Recovery servers live in the cloud? 
Uh, not today because we, there is a physical requirement, right? We need to make sure that you have a high-speed 100 meg, uh, excuse me, 100 meg, 100 gig link or, or uh, using a, a, an adapter that supports RDMA and be able to replicate the, the data over that low-latency, high-speed network. And the cloud doesn't quite provide all of that yet. Not yet. Getting there. They're working on it. You bet. You betcha. Yep. But it's totally, uh, you know, a cool feature to be able to say, hey, I, as we've loaded more data into memory, we've put it into memory databases, we know that, you know, either, either system or network, um, you know, events occur and be able to have that, uh, you know, available on the next system without having to, you know, completely reload it or handle the, the transaction missions. I mean, it's, it's just an example of a, a real innovative way to take some of this technology that we're delivering with data center persistent memory and apply it to kind of real world environments and move that over. Right. And, and um, it's a great example of just being able to continue to build on sets of technologies and use, you know, what hasn't been available historically, uh, you know, to our partners or to our customers. You bet. So Bill, are you going to be at VMworld? Um, I personally, well, I have to travel. We have a bunch of my team there, right? We're totally excited about what we're doing at uh, VMworld. Um, you know, there's a lot of work that we do uh, across the gambit um, with the, with our VMware folks and our partners that are there. Um, so do look for, you know, our our sessions and, and what we're doing um, with our partners uh, and our booth and, and both at Intel and NetApp. I think there's lots of things that we can uh, excited to share. And Chris, you're going to be at VMworld, right? Absolutely. We've got a, a bunch of uh, things that we're going to kind of hold a little close to the vest here uh, and uh, discuss maybe at a little later time about what's coming down the road from Intel and from um, some of our other partners uh, in the form of some solutions and some updates to some white papers that we may have come out with. Are they going to be announced at VMworld? Yes, they are. Oh, okay. Cool. And I'm, yeah. I'm guessing Intel has some announcements at VMworld too, right? We do. We've got some that we've, um, you know, also keeping uh, tight and close, some that we've been pretty proud about early. So uh, come by and look at what we have there. Excellent. I will for sure. <laughs> I won't. I'm not going to be there. <laughs> <laughs> I would if I was there, though. I totally would. So, Bill, I've heard a lot about persistent memory in general. Um, but I don't know. Is it is it something that's really picking up? I mean, what's the trend look like in the marketplace out there? We're seeing um, really strong in the obvious areas, right? For you know, hey, the growth of in-memory databases, right? How are we moving data closer to where it needs to be processed, and, and we expect that. But what we're also seeing, you know, is a number uh, of uh, implementations to address kind of higher performance throughput, right? You know, in transactional spaces, you know, more memory per uh, virtual server. What's happening, um, you know, with, with Redish and cache architectures and um, you know, experiments happening around capabilities like blockchain, um, nearline cache architectures, just, you know, things that you couldn't do with, with traditional DIMMs that you now can do with persistent memory and and re reduce the number of places you've got to write it. We're starting to see more and more of our um, customers and partners just look at um, DCPMM in, in places that, you know, are beyond just respond to large sets of data, right, growth, and 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 put it into transactional systems and performance systems and low latency systems, um, you know, some around um, even some, you know, financial systems looking at it for, you know, um, you know, things like high frequency, um, you know, trading and response and, and, you know, just is starting to explode a little bit as it's getting available. Those are all traditional, very traditional uh, data center type of applications. What are you seeing from the the cloud consumption as far as Optane? Are you you know 
are the hyperscalers and you know getting into the Optane game? Are there other you know cloud and service providers that are um, you know using VMware and and other um, you know platforms to be able to deliver Optane to their customers? Um, yeah, we're seeing like I said, you know certainly our traditional big uh, enterprise applications, or even in the in the cloud environment where you're you're looking at. Um, hey, you know, reusing um, Optane persistent memory and, and um, you know, what's happening in that storage space is for large, you know, distributed, um, you know, systems across multiple nodes and how to integrate that and, and reduce cache architectures from a storage as well as a memory access perspective. They end up dovetailing quite um, well together, right? You know, using scale out, you know, storage architectures with nearline um, very high performance, larger memory caches, and in some cases, even using that memory without um, having to go right across those different log arrays and storage. And so that happens both in transactional and traditional uh, memory systems. The interesting part, um, you, you mentioned, you know, the big, you know, big implementation in the CSPs and clouds. We are seeing it not only on the small edge, right, and things that we're doing with, um, you know, stuff for enabling Kubernetes and other other flow or what's happening in other areas, but also in, um, you know. Uh, inferencing and analytics and, and those systems. And so um, I think we're just in the early days of, of where we're going to see persistent memory, as you would expect in, um, you know, just announcing. But it's certainly um, both at large-scale data access as well as, um, you know, smaller transactional systems that, you know, really want the latency improvements um, without having to go, um, you know, hit a different storage array and you can just access it directly within, um, you know, that environment, right? You bet. That sounds great. All right, sounds like we got a lot of good things coming with NetApp and Intel, especially uh, around the VMworld time frame. Uh, so, Bill, again, if we want to reach you, how do we do that? Um, at Bill Giard, so that's where you can reach me. All right, we'll include that in the show notes. And Chris? I am at Chris Skeb, C-H-R-I-S-G-E-B. All right, excellent. Thanks so much for joining us. All right, that music tells me it's time to go. If you'd like to get in touch with us, send us an email to podcast at netup.com or send us a tweet at NetApp. As always, if you'd like to subscribe, find us on iTunes, SoundCloud, and Stitcher or via techontappodcast.com. If you like the show today, leave us a review. On behalf of the entire Tech on Tap podcast team, I'd like to thank Chris Gebhardt and Intel's Bill GR for joining us today. As always, thanks for listening. Oh, yeah. Is it just me that's getting off on this? Oh, yeah.